that ass only We the best in the world You hear me? You hear me son? Best damn podcast ever Let's get it That ass only We don't say no cap We don't say no cap This is that ass only pod Three peas in a pod Jai and Josh Talking music From hip hop to R&B Not NBA 2 That NFL 2 Now y'all looking for opinions We giving it that ass. You're and we are back with season two, episode five of the Das Only Podcast. I am your host, Ja, with my grimy crimey. I don't have both my cohorts here today because Ant playing hooky. So I'm with Mr. Oh my Josh. <laughs> Yes, sir. We in the building. Yeah, there's no AKAs today. You know, it's an emergency pod. Yeah, so. the 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 playoffs has been decided. Dame Little and the Blazers barely squeaked out a win against the Brooklyn Nets just now. And let me say this. Here it goes, Josh. Levert, Levert Jordan spared all y'all Portland fans out there. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Y'all see my y'all see my guy. Y'all see our body, the deepest team in the league next year. Okay, but uh, <laughs> with that said, the Blazers and the Nets played what um, what Dick Vitale will call a barn burner. Blazers won 134 to 133. Damian Lillard finishes off with 42 points and 12 assists, eight for 14 from three. If you want to put that in perspective, yep, if you want to put that in perspective, eight, eight for 14 from three. But if you want to put that in perspective, the rest of the Blazers were five from 25 from downtown. So Dame literally put the team on his back for this one. Um, CJ McCollum also showed up with 25 points and seven assists. 0 for 6 from three. He was playing with a fractured back, so you just go appreciate him for gutting that one out. Then if you go over to the Brooklyn Nets side, you got the one, the only, Karis, a.k.a. T. Mackie Mack, Levert, 37, 9, and 6. You saw him with that that Jordan on calf sleeve on his leg. Yeah, I don't know. His legs is mad skinny, bro. He got like arm sleeves on his leg. Boy, need to eat a sandwich. But he's not like Kilo though. But no, Karis Levert. Come on, like um, I know there's a lot of talk about who the Nets are gonna move to like bring in another superstar. They need to try everything they can to keep him on the roster because boys the goods. He really showed up. That that game should not have been that hard for the Blazers, but he made it that hard strictly through his effort alone. He was like the driving force for the Nets, scoring, assisting. It was crazy. And you got to give a shout out to um, young meth face Tyler Johnson. <laughs> Boy, when he was balling, played um, 24 minutes tonight, 16 points, um, seven for 13 shooting. Yeah, um, say his name because I cannot say that. Timothy Luau Cabaru. Yeah, him. He balled out five for nine for three. He hit as many threes as entire Blazers team tonight. Um, but tonight's game is really about Dame. He really willed the Blazers to this win. I can't. Um, you can't really like undercredit that, but discredit that. Oh, and we should give a shout out to um, Nurkic putting up twenty two, ten and three. Um, he has yeah. been. He's been the biggest. Um, addition to the Blazers, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a mellow fan, but just what Nurkic brings to the court for the Blazers, the, the paint presence, the rim protection, just, like, 
the, the skill set at the five. He really opened it up for the Blazers. And now we have the playing game with the Blazers and the Grizzlies that comes on this Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this um, Saturday. If Portland wins, there's only one game. If the Grizzlies win, they have to win two games. Yes, Portland Portland being the eight seed, this is the best. Well, it's not the best. This is a uh, the 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 nine seed would need to win two games, like Josh said, and the eight seed would win one game. So technically, I guess it would be the best out of three. And the the higher seed has already has one game away. I guess you could put it that way. But um, honestly, if we're making picks and predictions right now, I got the Blazers winning this one because they only got to win one of a possible two games, yeah. and they're the more like battle tested team. They've been like the majority of their team has already been in big games. Everyone on Memphis is pretty young, they, even with the coach. And they've been playing horrible this whole bubble. I mean, they, they got two wins, but it's just like – it's not what we used to seeing this whole year. Yeah, and missing um, Jared Jack- Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be huge for them because that was like – he is their second best player. Well, depending on who you ask, some might say Valanciunas. But – um. Jaron Jackson Jr. was really important to that team, and they lost his shooting, they lost his defense, they lost a lot of stuff that he brought to the court. So I really can't see them beating Portland. Um, so with that said, I'm predicting Portland versus the Lakers um, in the first round. What about you, Josh? Well, of course I got Portland. I got Portland against the Lakers because low-key, before I get into that, I wanted to see – and low-key wanted to see Devin Booker make it. Yeah, we're going to have to give Devin Booker his flowers while we're here. I know they got eliminated, but we should touch on, on Book for a little bit. Because Dane, to me, I don't want him to go out like the Marcus Cousins did, like his first eight, nine years in the league, not even sniffing the playoffs. And Dane, this could have been Dane's first opportunity at the – I mean, not Dane. Devin Booker's first opportunity at the playoffs. And it would have been great to see, even though they would have got, like, swept or gentlemen swept, whatever. It would have been great to see a young star – establish himself and actually oh i made it i know what i have to do to get here now so yeah. there's always something special about when you see a player go through their first like real big playoff run or like just mm-hmm. at least let people know like okay he is a playoff performer like it was similar when, when steph against the um, nuggets and the spurs that one year it was like yeah. everyone has those kd against the lakers that year even though they lost like you just get to kind of see like oh they coming like regardless yeah. of, regardless if you think it's gonna happen or not they're gonna come so it would have been dope to see Book in that situation. But I also think – well, I don't think Monty Williams said it, and I agree. He said that the Bla- – not the Blazers, the Suns really earned the league's respect during this, um, this bubble play phase because they showed them what they got there. Like, Aiton played very well. Booker was Booker. You know, he's very – he's like one of those players that people are either very high or very low on, which is weird because I don't really get how you could be low on him. I can see you being low on the franchise, but not as much him. But – yeah. Between and they was even a hundred percent. They was missing Ubre, so yeah, Ubre. They went eight and zero, so it wasn't like he's gonna make a difference one way or another. They didn't lose a game, but it also shows just how important taking a regular season is because Memphis put themselves in position to like, yo, all we gotta do is win two games and we still got a shot, you know. Yeah. So shout out to um, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, this is my first time actually giving a shout out to Phoenix. Like, I've really, I've been shitting on Phoenix. For quite a while now, talking about how they had dumpster fire and all that. So shout out to Devin Booker, Aiden, um, Javion Carter, Javon yeah, Carter. From? Yeah, Javion. I, I call him Javion. Javion. Uh, well, whatever your name is, he played great. 
Ricky Rubio actually shown he could contribute to winning. This this is actually I like to see what happens next year. It's even harder for the Timberwolves. I'm telling you, John, yeah, it's over for that next that war- year. That Warriors, know. that Warriors, that um, that Minnesota pick that the Warriors got looks better and better every day for the Warriors. We'll talk about that soon. Yes, we'll talk about that soon. But so as we give Monty Williams his credit, we gotta we tried to protect him a few weeks on the last podcast, but it's gonna be hard. Um, Alvin Gentry, um, you're gonna get fired, buddy. Yeah. Joshua Damas is on record, guys. I told Ant and Ja that this was gonna happen. And they say, and Ant was like, no, no, it's not gonna happen. They go give him a shot. I told you. I called it. We called it last pod. Last Joshua pod, he got fired. We did. We did. You clairvoyant, bro. We gotta stop yeah. playing with you and your powers. Joshua Damas was here what, on his day off. I told y'all he wasn't here, and I, I just, just slipped. Crazy. You, like, split when your personalities came out? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Alvin Gentry did – oh, man, he he just looked bad. The The Pelicans looked bad. The quotes after that final loss was really bad. Like, players were throwing him – Um, not his quotes, more the players. Like, J.J. basically said the team wasn't prepared. They didn't have – they didn't feel like they weren't properly prepared for the game, and – that's always a shot at the coach. Zion even said that um, I don't know what's going on here. Like we 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 pretty much like just feel like we we weren't ready for the game. So like even the players are kind of pointing fingers at him. And for Zion to be saying that that early in his career means that either someone's in his ear or he's noticing things early on. Yeah, this so, is not good for him. It doesn't look good for Alvin Gentry. But hey, man, we called it. It. Um, Sort of yeah. thing on Lonzo. They said Lonzo looked checked out. Yes, and that's also that's that's usually a shot at your coach. Whenever people say players are checked out, a player's not playing hard, or we weren't prepared, those are all subliminal shots at your coach. And it's it's unfortunate. A lot, one of the names you see in tied to the Pelicans is Ty Lue. Ty Lue is the big name that you keep seeing brought up with the Pelicans on top of the Nets. But um, I would think if he if he wants to build his own program, he goes to the Pelicans. But if yeah. he wants to win another championship, he comes to the Nets. Yeah. And that's pretty much just how it's going to be for Ty Lue. It's a win-win uh, situation for him. 100%. Yeah. I, if, if I'm personally, if I'm him, I would rather coach the young team. It's less pressure right away. And they give you more years to handle your business. Work on that record. Build it up. He could be like the winningest, winningest coach. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, um... Honestly, the Pelicans that it was bad. They they got a lot of decisions to make this offseason. They do. Like, what do you do with Lonzo? Like, I know it was only an eight game short stretch in the bubble, but it was a horrendous eight games. It was horrendous. He looked like, he looked like Michael Carter Williams, bro. Yep. And I know we just said when you say a player's checked out, it's usually like a shot at the coach. I take it as a shot at the player too. It's like, what you checking out for, bro? You playing ball. You know what I mean? Like you're not that good to check out from the series. You know, like, so that's also a thing. And the Pelicans have a lot of, um, a lot of different avenues they could go because they clearly need to put a proper ring protector around Lonzo. Like, not Lonzo, around Zion. Like someone, because I think like a lot of us assume Zion will be a good defender because of how good he was defensively at Duke. But it just hasn't translated. Like, it's either maybe the effort's not there. Maybe, like, the IQ's not there. I think it's just the the jump from the NBA. 
these yeah. guys are just as fast as you. So now you've got to adjust. Yeah. And it's hard for you to adjust when you're playing 15 minutes, but yeah. also at the same time when you get injured a lot. Yeah. So and yeah, like not to heart back on it, but I think he got he's got to lose the weight, bro. Like he can't come back the same weight next season. He can't. He can't. Like it's um it's detrimental to his career. Like if he come back the same weight next year and say we have an 82 game season, I can't imagine him finishing the season. Like if I'm being honest, like at the he looked like he's carrying too much weight. Like the way he's moving, everything. I'm like, when he get around the rim, he's always gonna be explosive. But it's all about the process of getting down the court. Like he's dragging his legs, he's setting lazy screens, he's not rolling hard, he getting beat back doors, like a bunch of just little shit. Like yeah, a bunch of I'm out of shape and don't feel like trying as hard as I should shit. And he a kid, so I'm not gonna knock him. You know what I'm saying? Like he to me, he got two more years to get in shape. But my thing is that's why I was telling you and Ann last episode was that how do you get somebody in shape, a basketball shape? They got to play basketball. They got to play. The I understand minutes restriction, but you can have a minutes restriction playing 25 minutes. 15 minutes is barely playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think that, and like I said, he is young, but I do think it is like something to pay attention to that he had four months to get his body in shape and came back bigger, if not the same size. You know what I mean? So it was like, it kind of showed that you still young in your head. You still a little kid. Like this is, nice, nice. yeah. You nineteen, bro. I had, that, I had that problem over quarantine. I had four <laughs> months to be in shape, man. I ain't do nothing. <laughs> no one's paying you millions of dollars to play basketball, though. So you kind of have like no real incentive. Pays millions of dollars to do a podcast. Facts. Fact. You heard yeah. that Spotify? Huh? Nah, so no, you no, heard no. That Spotify? We title. <laughs> no, speaking <laughs> into existence, King. Yeah, ho, ho, go ahead hit us up. You know the number. Yeah, man. But um, and we, we spoke about Booker, but in terms of the Suns, what do you think is next for the Suns? What's the next step there? What do we need to add to that team? Do you just want to see this current core grow together? I feel like what they need to add is a vet that knows how to win. I know they try they try to do it too early in the process when they added um Trevor Ariza. That team wasn't ready yet. But I feel like they would need to add a vet to this team. I don't know who exactly, but a vet would be nice. And I guess Kelly Uber just they just need that because he plays defense. He does. He does. And he's the he's the energy guy too. He he does all that shit. You know who I don't know. I think his contract is up at the end of the season. Serge Ibaka is a good fit for that team. Just to give them like that veteran. Oh yes, Nets. That's the Nets right there. Mid-level exception. Mid-level exception. Oh, I already I know because he 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 be liking Nets blogs and shit. No, no, no. But he would, he would though. Um, Sajibaka would be a good fit for them. Y'all be talking about me and my Knicks um takes, but <laughs> for some reason y'all can just say everybody else is going to every team but my team. Sure, bro. Y'all get in Devin Booker. Oh, don't even start that. I'm not even going there with you. Shut up. Who's that? Who's that? Um, assistant coach I hired. His favorite assistant coach. Something Payne from um Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Either him or Cat. So y'all fine. But um now Serge Ibaka would be good. Um I feel like who's ahead of that in mind? You can't come to my mind right now, bro. I'm, I'm not gonna hold you. Um, but no, this 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 players for the Suns. It's just like all right. Oh, no sap. Yes. They just need a solid player. They need a solid guy. Like just someone to like teach them this is the process of winning or on your way to winning. But once again, salute to Monty CBP. Williams. Yeah, that would be the one. 
but I think C, you bring CP3 when you straight up a championship team now. You know what I mean? You don't bring CP3 in to, like, to be contending. He don't like to contend. He got a bad attitude. You're right, you're right. Or, like, competing. Because he'll but, be screaming at them. <laughs> that's a fact. But um, with these games locked in, let's look at some of the playoff um, setups already. So in the Western Conference, the Lakers are going to play the winner of the play-in game. So that's either going to be Portland or Memphis. The playoffs will start on um, August. What? August? Yeah, seventeenth, and not so that that should be the first game um, on the on Monday the seventeenth. The next game would be well, the next series would be the Clippers versus the Mavericks. That's going to be a, a better series than I think people are going to give credit to. Yeah, that's going to be a good series. Um. And then you got Denver versus Utah and OKC versus Houston. To me, my personal favorite first-round series is OKC versus Houston. That is – I got to see when Westbrook is coming back. I know. Out at the beginning of the playoffs. But that makes it better to me because now, like, Chris Paul gets to look James Harden in his eyes and be like, now nah, let's do this. Let's do this, bro. You can't jump me. You ain't got your mans. And CP is going to guard him one-on-one. He's like, you know, guys, I got this man. I got this man. <laughs> oh, no, they got Andre, Andre Robeson back from his three-year hiatus. Damn, bro. So he about to – Thunder might win this series, man. This is a very winnable series for the Thunder. Especially Ooh, with that, the, the what small ball shit. Seed? Yeah, um, the Thunder. I think that's still up for debate, the 4-5. That's still up for debate because that's what it says. But I'm looking at it, it says – Four slash five for both of them, so I guess it's still up for debate. Damn, son, LeBron's about to go against his. He's about to. He got to go through all his men's Melo, CP. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a rough one for Bron Bron. And then on the Eastern Conference, okay, so we have the NBA TV special: Milwaukee versus Orlando. Snore. Oh. It's a disgusting series. Um, the two seven will be Toronto versus Brooklyn. Um, after what I seen Karis LeVert do, man, I'm just I, mean, I can just watch that guy play some more. But Toronto, I got Toronto in that one. Toronto probably in five. Yeah, five. I if we win the game, it's gonna be the, probably the first game. But then after that, you know, championship pedigree, they gonna adapt. Yeah. Nick Nurse is a great coach on adapting to whatever's going on. So P- particularly in game, like if you give him an in game situation to adapt to, Nick Nurse will. Um, come up with something exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got the 3-6 series. You got um, Boston versus Philly, which honestly can go either way. Is because so? Without Ben Simmons? Boston's the better team, but they're so small. Like, if Embiid just plays, like, the way Joel Embiid should play basketball, mm-hmm. he, he can dominate that series, no problem. There's nobody for him on that team. They would have to double him every time down court. You're right. Like, but I do have Boston in that one. And then we have the um, the, rum, the Rumble in the Jungle Part 2, Miami versus Indiana, TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler. Mm. They got to see each other for a whole series, fam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got Jimmy on that one. I got I, Jimmy as well. I do have Jimmy as well. But with us seeing the playoff matchups, I know I already um, indicated that my favorite series is um, OKC in Houston. Do you have any series that um, stands out for you? My series that stands out is Luca going against Kawhi and PG. Yeah, man. I want to yeah. see how Luca plays in his first playoff series against 
a battle test to Kawhi, a battle test to PG or playoff P, as he likes to call himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Um, but I, 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 I'm really interested to seeing young players how they play in their first playoff series. Um, other than that, though, every series is gonna be good. Maybe not the the Nets Raptors one because the Raptors are so great defensively. Yeah, that's the problem, honestly. Um, yeah, this is coming from a Nets fan, so I'm I'm gonna be real realistic. Unless Karis Vert goes super crazy, super saiyan mode. Super saiyan. Super like, saiyan Vert. Was it ultra instinct? Unless Karis Vert go that route, then I don't see this series being as close as people might think. Yeah. So I'm gonna just be honest with that one. Um what else? I, I like I like Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren. I, yeah. I want to see that for a whole series. That's the other one for me right there. That one right there, I want to see a fight. But That's my right there. You brought up Paul George a little earlier, so we got to talk about that clip, the, what the Clippers caused to happen to the rest of the league. We need to talk about it because... Not just them. Who else caused Skip it? Oh, Skip. oh, we forgot about Skip. My son, Skip young, my son Young skipped the drip Bayless. Yeah. So, we all seen it. If you're a basketball fan, you saw it. Dame missed two big free throws, one to tie the game, the other one to take the lead at the end of um, the Clippers-Portland game, which clearly the Clippers were throwing so Portland could play the Lakers in the first round, which was corny. But um, Dame, you know, Patrick Beverly stayed on brand and taunted Dame with the Dame time tapping his wrist. And it's kind of like – that kind of – when Patrick Beverly does that kind of stuff, you expect it. It's Patrick Beverly. But when Paul George steps into it, it's like, really, bro? You have one of the most, like, questionable playoff track records of any of, like, your constituents. And you talk about a dude who has a really, like, a not a really good playoff record, but a respectable or very respectable playoff record in Dame Lillard. You know what I mean? I'm going to be fair, though. And, yes, for the people who know me, I'm defending Paul George. I'm be fair, though. Paul George in Indiana had the same playoff run as Dame. Slightly better because he made two fun, um, Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, I would agree with that. But, but his then recent I will, one, yeah. His recent but, one is just like... But I will counter with Dame's personal performances in the playoffs are like... There's no comparison of like what they do as individual players in the postseason, like in big games and stuff like that. We do... We have, I would say, at least three closeout playoff games in Paul George's career where he ended with single digits. That's just off the top of my head. It was it was him that said it, not me. You know, what I I'm told you I retired from this, man. But um, no, I'm not. It's, this is not a shit. It's not a shit on Paul George seg- segment. But it's just to say that that at first the feud was shocking. Then it was funny. Then it went. Then it went left when the families got involved. Paul George's wife and Dame's sister went at it for a little bit. You didn't see that part? Yeah, I saw that. Like, um, Paul George's wife was calling Dame's sister fat and shit. Call her fat cow, and Dame's sister was like, tell Paul George, you got, you got a stripper pregnant, now you stuck with us, some shit like that, talking spicy. But besides all, like, the... You know how women go too far in any argument. <laughs> but, um, it was about basketball, now y'all... Talking about family members and, and physical appearances. Mm. But the biggest, the biggest haymaker thrown of that beef was when um, Dame told Paul George, your PG, keep skipping the work, jumping from team to team. 
yo, that hurts. That's like a slap in the face of a professional athlete. Yeah, that that one was that I know that one hurt PG a little bit. But you know why? The truth hurts, bro. It's the truth. Yeah, that's why they said um they said PG did call Dame after. Yeah, but I don't think that was as much about what they were saying to each other. I think it's more about what they Yeah. Because, you know, as men, when it comes to sports, we're going to, like, get talk crazy on court. It might get a little bit hot after, but you never go after family members. Like, that's just like, all right, you crossed into a, a line that's no longer sports. Yeah. And what well, going back to what Dame said about PG, it was like, it's, it's true. It is true. And I guess a lot of PG stands are going to say he injured his leg. I get it. He came back from the injury, and look what happened. Look at the look at what we're seeing from his track record in the last four, maybe five years in the playoffs. And it's not good. Let's not in in just back to on, on Dame's point. If we being honest, all right. When most players leave teams, they leave their team to be the man on their next team. Yeah, Paul George has left two teams to be to be Robin. Second fiddle, yeah. I've never seen someone do that. The, both his teams he left. He left to be Robin both times. Even if even if in OKC he ended up being the Batman, but yeah. the but the, but the perception was that was Westbrook's team. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's very similar to like LeBron and AD right now. Perception is that's LeBron's team, but that is a better player. Goes as far as AD takes that team, so. And Paul George respect this man. Listen, you got some shit to prove. Like, there's there's some smut on your name, bro. Like, you got a lot to show people. Josh is not saying this guy. He's not being his the regular hater that he remember, is. <laughs> remember, John, when I brought up to you the PG situation, when I started to notice him flopping in the poor moments, I was like, bro, am I bugging? Then when you agree to me, that's when I went full blown on this. Yo, PG's not who y'all think he is. He isn't. People assume him to be better than he is. But um he the the Dun I mean Houston the Clippers, I forget what team he played for at this point. The Clippers most definitely should beat Luca and um the Mavs and sure. Paul George is the person that I am watching the closest in that series because He's you be sir, Yeah, and you just and you, and you just got the most to prove. Like you do. You have the most smut on your name right now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will assume that they played the first two games without Harold because he's just now coming back to the bubble. Yeah. So we'll, they, we'll see how that goes. Um, Westbrook is going to miss some games in the postseason uh, to start off the postseason. We did already touch on the fact that they're playing OKC and they're going to need all hands on deck because the one thing OKC can do is abuse them on the boards. Like, they can really throw some big boys down low and just attack the rim, and even their guards rebound. So it's like... Yeah, big guards too. Yes. it could. Houston has a... Like, not even to be cliche, Houston's got a problem. Like, that's not going to be easy easy series. And I know people say, oh, well, you know, Harden got his energy, but playoff games are, like, twice as... Two to three times more intense than a regular season game. Like, he can get burned out in a series. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's a possibility. So they have to be very aware of that. But um 
yeah, I really I'm 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 happy that the postseason has kind of been coming into shape besides the playing game. Um mm-hmm. I'm excited for the playing game. I'm 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 kind of hoping it's something that we could find a way to keep it. You know what I mean? Like it gives a little extra meaning to the regular season because imagine if every regular season ended with like four teams fighting for the final two playoff spots to play. Like mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? It it just causes more um more drama. So And that's what today felt like um even though it wasn't it was kind of a playoff game for the Blazers not the Nets it felt like um that game the Timberwolves versus um the Timberwolves what team was they playing again oh I remember that when they, play, when they play for the A seed yeah. yeah for the last game of the season kind of felt like that game it was really exciting gave me NCAA vibes yeah and that's why Portland was the best like the best watch of the bubble because well, them in Phoenix because all their games were playoff games. Every single game, Phoenix in particular, knew we got to win every game to even have a chance to get in. And this is um, one thing I want to touch on. A lot of people saying it's unfair that Phoenix went eight and zero. They did everything they could. They didn't do everything they could because in the season they played like dog shit. Yes, the regular season matters, and like, of course, this is unprecedented times and shit like that. So we would never expect the season to stop and start back four months later. But when the when the games was going on, you didn't play it to your capabilities, and you just gotta deal with that. Same thing. It would have been the same way with Portland, honestly. Remember, Portland missed half their team for most of the year, well, and, and that's still- and that's why um the regular season, the reason why they end this predicament, even though they got the same record, whatever. As um Grizzlies, they lost to the Grizzlies. They lost to Portland. That's it. Right before the bubble, so it's like they have the tiebreaker. That's not their fault that they won those games when they didn't think this was gonna happen. Ain't nothing much to talk about at that point. You lost the game to the teams that you needed to beat, and now you asked out. That's how tiebreakers work. (laughs) That's just how sports work, bro. You'd be dependent on a net team that has like ten replacement players. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we both got the same answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. If you were the Lakers, which one of these teams would you rather play? Everybody know the Grizzlies. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, if we was to put the Lakers' issues in a box, it would be that their perimeter defense is terrible. So if they play guards, they will be cooked. Good, like, to, the Blazers are, like, that's bad for them. John Morant is dope, but he ain't, he ain't Damon CJ yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, Devin Booker would have gave him a fit. It would have still been like a sweep or a gentleman sweep, like I said yeah. earlier, but he would have gave him a fit. But where the Blazers do have the fair advantage against the late, not the advantage, but a way to kind of make make the series equal is they have a lot of big bodies to throw and a lot of like talented big bodies to throw. Like, and I'm talking about like, of course, Melo can't go guard LeBron, but they about the same size. So you can guard him physically with him. Then you got Nurkic, and you have Whiteside, and you have Zach Collins. You got bodies to throw with these Lakers big men. And, of course, none of the Don't forget. Don't forget. Who got the game-winning block on LeBron last year. The worst player in the NBA, bro. Mario Hazonia. Oh, my God. I hate watching that guy with the basketball in his hands. He's so terrible. He was bullying LeBron and Giannis last year on the Knicks. How can you forget? Oh, oh, oh. And before I forget. Josh, my man Craig told me to tell you that um, he listened to the last episode and he said verbatim that um, Jeremy, that um, TJ Warren is just Jeremy Lennon blackface. That's what he said. So he will not be a future all star. <laughs> Yo, shout out to my man Craig. 
Jeremy Linden blackface. Oh, yeah, that's all TJ Warren is. Jeremy Linden blackface. So, Ooh. and you know, TJ, it, it makes sense. TJ Warren. <laughs> Warren really was cooking until he went and seen um, in, until he went and seen Jimmy Butler again. But yeah, uh, that's his kryptonite. But if we um. Just touching on some of the the playoff teams right now, like we said, that Miami Indiana series is going to be really good, but uh, Indiana just doesn't got the firepower. It feels like for me, you know what I mean. If it, Oladipo is not Oladipo, mm-hmm. um, and for the East to be interesting, honestly, I think that Miami needs to face Milwaukee at some point because I feel like if Miami don't face Milwaukee, or Toronto could also beat Milwaukee. I do believe that. No, um, it will be second round if Miami oh. wins. Four or five goes against one, right? Yeah. Four or five goes against one. So Miami would go against Milwaukee in the second round. So they will be battle tested. Milwaukee. It might be a cakewalk in the first round, but that second round is gonna be tough for you. Yes. So there's some really interesting series. Um we'll probably we're gonna have another podcast but after like the actual games are hundred percent locked in. So we could actually talk about besides the playing winners who we, we assume would be Portland. So we could actually know uh, the Lakers would rather play the Bla- would rather play Memphis, of course. Would you would you, would you say you're more concerned about the Lakers or the Clippers right now? That's tough because even though I believe in LeBron, LeBron has never proved me, or well, other than 2011. Yeah, which everybody says. LeBron has always showed up in the playoffs. So I feel like, yeah, it's weird seeing him play all-time low basketball like this, but I feel like he's still going to be ready. That's just me. That's just my regular thinking of LeBron. So, But I also believe in Kawhi, but I don't believe – I don't know was – the rest of the Clippers team, they have no chemistry. Yes, that's – that. I say the real problem – the real – like difference between the Clippers and the Lakers is the Lakers problem is the roster doesn't seem talented enough to really go to a finals. The Clippers roster might be too, the most talented roster in basketball. They just have no chemistry at all. It's like, it's legit an AAU team. It's just a bunch of guys who walked onto a gym together and were like, yo, let's run. And that's and, why, yeah. And I thought the bubble games was going to fix that with Harold, but he sadly lost his own grandmother, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, I understand it, so I'm not, like, saying, like, oh, you should have yeah. been there. But it's just, like, unfortunate stuff happening for this team not to gel. The Lou Will suspension cost him some, him some time on the court, too. Fact, Pat yeah. Bev getting injured, whatever. So it's, like, it's a lot of stuff. It's going to be awkward when all five of those guys are on the court, whatever. Yeah. And remember, they added Marcus Morris right, bef- like, a little bit before all of this happened, and – he never got time to, like, mesh with the team. And as someone who he was, like, the main scorer on my team for, like, most of the season, mm-hmm. he isn't the type of guy that, like, fits into a system. You just need to have minutes and shots for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like you didn't need him with Kawhi and Paul George. You didn't. There was, there was another kind of player, a big man, a, a rim protector that you could have got. And it's it just, just, like, it's a waste yeah. of a spot. It was an arms race. They did that, so, yeah, so, they, yep. so the Lakers don't got the twins on their team. That was it. They just didn't want the Lakers to get them, man. 
that entire situation was really weird. Like the whole that whole free agency point when like the Lakers and Clippers were signing people so the other one wouldn't get them. Yeah. But um, yeah. So like I do still feel like the Lakers have the most to worry about because so many injuries. But in terms of just chemistry, the Clippers are very they could be upset because this is not a team that knows how to play together and and your two best players are isolation scorers so it's not like like teamwork is built into the team so mm-hmm. it's gonna like at least with the lakers lebron is a is a, a willing passer the the clippers the entire shit is built off of two one-on-one guys who will kind of play off of each other and be amazing on defense and we've seen it work with michael jordan and scotty pippen but y'all not michael jordan and scotty pippen so we're gonna have a see Look how many years it took Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. That's a fact. Oh, I got to hit the podcast with one more Craig quote. Craig said that Dwayne Wade's son walked so Dwayne Wade could run. I, I Listen, he said it, not me. I just remember repeating what Craig said. Shout out to my man's Craig. <laughs> <laughs> this is the truth, man. D-Wade running around with baby oil on his with an open shirt on national TV. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yo, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah. Listen, bro. He had he 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 had feelings about the podcast. I'm just like trying to give back to our supporting fans. Shout out to my peoples, and <laughs> <laughs> to end to end some of the bubble talk and to end one of the most impressive feats in sports history. You gotta bring up the sport. The the Spurs today ended their 22 straight postseason um, postseason streak. Let me put this in context for you. This streak started since 1997. The Spurs have won five NBA titles, six finals appearances. Greg Popovich has been coach of the year three times, um, 18 consecutive 50-win seasons. They have won 1,260 games in in comparison to 66 losses. Longest record for only – Losing record for only 197 of the last 8,323 days. So, to put into perspective, the Spurs did something that will definitely never be replicated again in my lifetime. There will be no other team to make 22 straight postseasons. I'm going to give you all another fact. Um, You said they've been making the playoffs since 97, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Guys, I was born in 96. <laughs> Josh was one. I was one the last time they didn't make the playoffs. I'll give you another fact. When the, la- when the Spurs first the first Spurs first Spurs started making finals in 97, Bill Clinton was the president. Now, we know he's a sex offender, but, you know, times have changed. You see where we at? President, pedophile. President, pedophile. Michael Woods was on top of the world. Come on. Come on. Uh, MTV uh, showed just, MTV showed other shows besides ridiculousness. It's crazy it's, times, man. <laughs> it's just really crazy what the Spurs done, and it's really an underrated fact in basketball. Um, yes, a lot of it goes to Tim Duncan coming to the team, but that culture that they built there—that's actually a real culture, and it's just incredible. It's sad that it has to go, but is this time? We, the Spurs would have, it would serve no purpose for them to be in the playoffs anyway. So thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg Pop. I'll see you in Brooklyn. 
Yes. And Oops. With, with that said, that does kind of help Josh's point that Popovich will be the next next head coach because Spurs are ending. The whole, the whole run is ending. They asked him, is he still going to coach again? He said, what do you say, Josh? What do you say? Let me get the, let me get the direct quote. He went, he went the direct quote. But listen, man, Pop has been throwing out kind of signs that he might be okay with leaving. Pop, for y'all who don't know, every time they ask him if he's retiring, he says, no, I'm going to still coach. And then people see that he's leaving the Spurs. He People assuming that he's leaving the Spurs, sorry. He's selling his house in San Antonio. Yes, it's also been um, mentioned that a lot of the people of San Antonio, which is in Texas, don't agree with Pop's politics, especially his stances on the president. So, what better place to be? Yeah, than New York City, the place that hates the president, even though he was from here. But so, just want to give the shirt, the Spurs a little bit of their flowers to smell, man. Um, salute the Spurs. Gotta respect it. Can't hate. Um, salute, salute the Pop. Um, DeMar DeRozan will not be a spur next season. Um, I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge will be either. I think they blow the whole team up this offseason. And and I think think there's a whole new rebuild of the Spurs. There's a whole new team next year built around young guys and like DeJounte Murray and um, Lonnie Walker III, I think his name is. Lonnie Walker III. So, shout out to Pop and the Spurs. Um, Great, great run to the end of a dynasty. We'll see what happens next year. Might have our first female head coach. Might have, yeah. Becky Hammond might end up being the first female head coach in the NBA, coaching the Spurs. That would be a dope look, and it would actually be like almost poetic to Pop's career, like the most one of the most progressive coaches of all time to leave the NBA with his first female head coach. But mm-hmm. at the same time, is this is not this may come off a little sexist. There's a bunch of dudes on that staff that was there before her, so they're gonna be pretty pissed. Um, Tim Duncan will be pissed though, but Tim Duncan don't care. He won five championships yeah, and the greatest power forward ever. Who the kid? He only played paintball. On, online, people be like, "Oh my god, why would they do that, Tim Duncan?" But it is what it is. So to put in this perspective, what Dame Lillard has done over the last three games, he scored forty-two points tonight and 61 points the other day. So that's 103 points in two games. Add the 51 performance to that. That means he scored 152 points in three games. Come on. What are you talking about here? That's ridiculous. What are you talking about here? I was just trying to put that in perspective for y'all because it's name time. And Steph, you should sue this man because he stole the whole flow. Yes. He stole my whole shit. That was me. I did that. <laughs> Eek? Yeah. He stole my whole flow. That was my whole shit. That's pretty boy swag. But no. nah. <laughs> nah, Dame, you're ridiculous. Um, the shooting performances that you've been putting on have been incredible. And people gotta respect your name. It's second best point guard in the game. Yeah. Um, just your leadership. Just every time the Blazers needed a big play from Lillard throughout this, like, these last few games, he made it, be it the pass, be it the shot. Like, you seen tonight, the biggest play he made was a steal. You know, he, he, he lost the ball and fought back for it, and that kind of wrapped the game up for the Blazers. So, 
superstars are going to do a super. Dame, Dame Lillard is one of the few point guards who is actually a superstar. A lot of point guards don't cross into that realm of actual superstar. That's what Dame is Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Westbrook two years ago. Those were superstars. Everybody else is a, a tier below. Yeah. So um, I agree. To Dame, we're really looking forward to these next games between Portland and uh, Memphis, and we're really getting ready for, really excited for the start of the playoffs. And with that said, I think that's pretty much it for the end of this, like, real quick uh, emergency pod. Um, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate everybody for joining us. Um, I am your host, Ja. I'm with my grimy, crimey, my cohort, my partner in crime, my partner in potting, Mr. Oh My. Josh. Josh Adamas. Hi, Josh Mio. Whatever he, whatever he want to call himself, y'all. But this has been the Dead Ass Only Podcast. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate everybody for checking in. We back with you soon. We're going to holler at y'all. Where at? Where? Where in at?